laughter from the slower ones who finally got it the best comedy audience in the world the back door of the classroom banged shut as the last cameraman left all right terry v ohio one of the last warren court decisions a real landmark in liberal jurisprudence she cast her gaze around the classroom a jack benny poker face a few students chortled They knew her politics. She raised her voice a few decibels. Terry v. Ohio. That great decision that permitted the police to shake people down for just about any reason whatsoever. Mr. Chief Justice Earl Warren giving one to the cops. She swiveled her body suddenly. Miss Harrington, what if the cops burst into your apartment one evening without a search warrant? and they find your stash of crack cocaine. Can you be prosecuted for possession? A few titters. The humorless, studious Miss Harrington, a very tall, pale young woman with long, ash-blonde hair parted in the middle, was not exactly the crack-smoking type. No way, said Miss Harrington. If they burst in without a warrant, that evidence can be excluded at trial because of the exclusionary rule. And where does that come from? Claire asked. The Fourth Amendment, Miss Harrington replied. The purple circles underneath her eyes advertised how little she'd slept her unhappy first year of law school. It protects us from unreasonable government searches, so any evidence obtained in violation of the Fourth Amendment must be excluded from a criminal trial. It's called fruit of the poison tree. Like your vial of crack, said Claire. Miss Harrington peered gloomily at Claire through raccoon circles of purple and gave a grim half-smile. Right. The students, the smarter ones anyway, were beginning to sense the undertow. The good old liberal wisdom from Claire Heller, old 60s liberal, Arrested during her student days at Madison. Power to the people. Fuck the establishment. Time to whipsaw them. Okay, now will someone tell me where in the Fourth Amendment it says that evidence illegally obtained must be excluded from trial? Claire asked. Silence. Miss Zielinski? Miss Cartwright? Miss Williams? Mr. Popolis? She stepped off the rostrum, took an Oprah-like stroll down one of the creaky-floored aisles. Nowhere, folks. Nowhere. From the back of the room came the reedy baritone of Chadwick Lowell III, sandy blonde hair already receding above round British National Health Plan wire-rim glasses, probably from his year as a Rhodes. I take it you're no fan of the exclusionary rule. You got it, Claire said. We never had such a thing to apply to the states until maybe 40 years ago, 170 years after the Fourth Amendment was adopted. But the exclusionary rule, Mr. Lowell persisted disdainfully, didn't exactly bother you at the Gary Lambert appeal, did it? You got his conviction overturned by getting the search of his trash excluded, right? So... I guess you're not so opposed to it, are you?
There was a stunned silence. Claire slowly turned to face him. Secretly, she was impressed. Mr. Lowell did not flinch. In the classroom, she said. We can talk about principle. In the courtroom, you put aside whatever the hell you believe in and fight with every goddamn scrap of ammunition you've got. She turned to her podium. Now, let's get back to Terry v. Ohio. Still working on that? The waiter was tall and rail thin. Early 20s, insufferable. He looked like a Ralph Lauren model. His blonde hair was cropped short. His sideburns were trimmed. His sandpiper legs were clad in black jeans, and he wore a black linen T-shirt. Claire, her husband Tom, and her six-year-old daughter Annie were having...